This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Future is Bilingual podcast. In this episode, I'm going to talk about some challenges that you might face when trying to raise a bilingual child, and then later on some solutions to those specific challenges. So the first challenge that I thought about, um, and these are all things that I've faced or seen other people face, um, the first one is a lack of support. So this can come um, from family, friends, the community outside, um, and this might be in the form of pressure. So pressure to speak the majority language, um, questioning, oh, is your child going to be able to make friends? Are they going to be able to integrate into their preschool or their kindergarten class? Um, so just generally a lack of support for what you want to do or what you've decided to do. Um, number two, a lack of confidence um, or doubting yourself, doubting your own ability, doubting your own knowledge, doubting um, just in any way doubting yourself or doubting your family, um, just not feeling confident. Number three, a lack of resources. So depending on what language um, or what languages you speak, you might feel that there aren't enough resources, there aren't enough books or shows. Um, maybe there aren't any kids their age nearby, there, there aren't any classes for them to take. Maybe it's a lack of money, so you would love it if you could pay for something, but you don't feel like you have the money for that. Um, lack of resources is a big one. There can be lots of things you feel you're lacking. Number four, a lack of time. Um, so this is in many ways, um, especially people who are working full time or their kids are in a preschool or daycare, or even um, especially in the elementary years, all schooling. Um, so that can be a huge, um, a huge issue, just not feeling that you have enough time to dedicate to the, the family or minority language. And then the last one I thought about was lack of motivation. Um, so this is different from lack of confidence. It's just that you yourself, if you're the one who's going to teach the target language, um, you just find it hard to be consistent. So maybe you were more consistent in the past. It was easier when they were a baby or when they weren't in school um, for different reasons. Now you found yourself speaking the minor majority language, excuse me, um, or just um, speaking back to them whatever language it is they're speaking to you and not sticking to the language that you wanted to teach them. So there's lots of um, lots of aspects that come into this. Okay, so those are the five um, big challenges that I could see. Lack of support, lack of confidence, lack of resources, a lack of time, or lack of motivation. Um, so now I want to mention some of the solutions. So I'm not trying to be a downer. Of course, I want us all to succeed. I want us all to keep trying and raising children to speak more than one language. It is such a gift, as someone said to me yesterday at the library when they heard me speaking to my children. It is. It really it's, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time. Um, you have to be consistent and work at it. But of course, it is a huge gift. So to these challenges, I would like to give us some solutions. However, before we get into the solutions, I just want to mention quickly that these could be challenges that you're, um, you are facing as a parent, but these could also be challenges you find that your child is face, uh, facing, especially as they grow up. Um, 
So lack of support might be that the community language is pulling them uh, much stronger than the family language. Um, maybe they don't have any friends. Maybe the friends they have don't speak the minority language. Um, of course, children might feel a lack of confidence if they didn't grow up speaking this language 100% of the time, if they can't read or write, um, just for different reasons. They might not feel that they um, speak this language well enough. And so they, they try and do what's easiest. Of course, we all do. We go for the easiest route. So they're going to keep speaking whatever language comes to them more easily. Uh, lack of resources. So maybe your, your children aren't finding things that they want to read or watch or people they want to interact with that are interesting. Um, so if it's just mom and dad or, or grandparents, that might not be as engaging for children as having a playmate who can speak that language. Uh, lack of time, of course, um, children are going to feel this, especially once they're in daycare or preschool. Um, and of course, when they're in full-time school and they're immersed in a majority language. So if, um, and if just depending on how your situation is at home, they're going to feel that they don't have enough time with this language. They don't speak it well enough. It's all kind of related. And then, of course, lack of motivation. Um, so if they don't travel to this country, if they don't have friends that speak it, they might not see the point in having to speak this language, having to know the second language. It might not seem important to them. So um, as much as we can help them, um, we want to show them that there is a reason. Um, give them some motivation for wanting to speak this language. So it's not just, like I said earlier, mom and dad or grandma and grandpa. Um, we need to give them more of a motivation, especially as they, they get old, older. Okay, so moving on. The first uh, one we're going to tackle is the lack of support. So one thing you could do is do a lot of research so that when people question you, you are ready to explain um, the benefits of raising a child bilingually how it's much easier for their brain at that age to soak it up and get totally immersed in it. Um, you know, if you're not someone who loves research, then don't don't even go down that route. Just explain from your heart why this is important to you. So for most of us, we have some sort of connection to it, whether it be uh, on our side of the family, on our, our spouse's side of the family, um, our partner's side of the family. It could be anything. It could be somewhere you just lived for some time in your life. So whatever it is um, for you, whatever that that reason why you want your child to speak it. I talked in the last episode about your why. Um, so this one is the why, the why you want to do this is really important um, to explain to people when they might question you. And of course, you don't need to explain to the random person you meet at the grocery store. But um, if your family is pressuring you or you feel pressure from your spouse or somebody close to you, then you might want to be ready to explain why this is so important to you. Um, and yeah, you, sometimes you just have to agree to, to disagree or, you know, take a break from talking about it and come back to it later, um, depending on where you are in this, in this game. If you're pregnant or if your children are already born, um, it might just be best to take a break, um, come back to it later. Maybe your spouse, let's say your spouse doesn't speak your minority language, and they don't want you to speak it because then they won't understand what's happening. Um, and it is going to be tiring for you to always translate. But again, maybe just speak it when you're with the kids by yourself. Um, and then maybe you'll be able to add more time as your partner sees how beneficial it is for them. Um, again, just with your own personal situation, try and explain research-based or just from the heart, whatever would work. Um, I think 
in the end, you have to do what you want to do. Um, and if people aren't on board, that that's going to be their own problem to deal with because in the end, these are your children and you can do um, raise them how you would like. And especially something so beneficial as a second language, I think it's it's a shame. And I'm always sad to read um, parents who, who write a comment saying, oh, my, my child is five and I never spoke to them in my native language and now I regret it so much. Is it too late to start? Um, so just think think where you would like to be in five years, in one year, you know, 10 years. Just just think kind of that far-reaching uh, goal because maybe that'll help motivate you that, you know, if I do start now, it will be easier. If I do give them a foundation now, maybe it will be easier. And if your kid is already five, 10, they're older, it is never too late. I learned French starting at age 13, and I speak it more fluently than any other language besides English. And I think it's really about immersion. So I lived there in France for two and a half years, and that is really key. So it's never too late. Okay, so that was the lack of support. Lack of confidence. The second one is tricky, of course, because it's very much your inner thoughts, your inner idea of yourself. Um, however, I can speak personally to this one because, I, as I've mentioned, I do not speak Polish fluently. Um, I'm probably at an intermediate B1, B2 uh, level. I would like to be at a C1 or C2 if you know that European system. Um, but again, I do struggle with not feeling confident all the time, not knowing exactly how I should formulate my sentences. Um, so native speakers, you probably don't struggle too much with this. Um, but maybe a heritage speaker, someone who spoke it as a young child and moved or just grew up speaking it bilingually, but they're not very confident. There's lots of um, gray area here. Um, so one thing I do is I continue to study because I know I have to. Um, I take classes. I'm signed up on an online site. I'm constantly doing exercises to test my grammar. I'm listening to podcasts. We're watching TV. Um with my, my children, I'm always asking my husband, oh, what is that thing? What do we call this? What do you know? What is the chainsaw? These are not words I use on a daily basis, but I can learn um, with my, my children as the words come up. And um, it really helps. Little kids are wonderful because they just repeat and repeat and repeat. So they'll learn something and they'll just say it all all the time. Um, so that really helps. Um, and I think part of this is also just to not worry so much about grammar. Um, I know that's hard to say. But at the same time, native speakers also make mistakes. Um, for example, so we live in the U.S. and I hear people saying all the time, I have went rather than I have gone. Um, I'm doing good instead of I'm doing well. Um, you know, just talk to him and I when it should be talk to him and me because we say talk to me, not talk to I. All sorts of things like that. So native speakers also make lots of mistakes. And I think it is such a shame that someone who speaks another language would hold hold off from speaking it with a child because maybe they don't speak it 100% perfectly the way it's written in books or spoken on TV. Um, and I just think it's it's a shame because you can really pass on a huge gift, even with faulty grammar, maybe not all the best vocab. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be this pure, rich language to be able to pass it on. Um, and I have to remind myself that daily because I do not have a huge vocabulary. I'm building it every day. Um, and I, this is the one I struggle with um, probably the most. Um, so however it is that you speak, whatever accent you have, whatever dialect you speak, however you speak is wonderful. 
right? There was a lot of diversity in language. And I think we need to remember that, that it's not 100%. It's not pure. It's not perfect. Language is just a means of communication. And if we're communicating our message, then that's what counts. So it might not be perfect. It might not be, you know, pretty and wrapped with a bow. But you know what? It's still it's still a form of communication. And our children are still going to learn from that. Um, and if you're lucky, you will have other people besides yourself that can speak to your child in that language. Um, like we do, we have grandparents. I have my husband who's a native speaker. We have lots of friends who are native speakers who came over recently. So we, I know that they will have plenty of native input and I know that it's not all resting on my shoulders. Um, if you are, however, the only person that is going to speak to them, then I do think you might feel a little bit more pressure. Um, however, I do want to tell you that you can still do it. It does not have to be perfect. And I really encourage you um, to think about, do you want to go home and visit family? Do you want your children to be able to speak with their family members? You know, there's lots of reasons why it might be beneficial that they can at least understand that language. If you are going to travel or see people, or if you want them to travel in their lives, um, it's just, it's, it's too bad when people just refuse and then the child never gets any input into that language. So I think we kind of have to let go of this idea of perfectionism. Nobody speaks any language perfectly. Nobody writes any language perfectly. We all, you know, even I'm a native speaker of English, but when I read books, sometimes there's new words I don't know and I have to look them up. Um, it's the same thing I do when I read in French. And of course, when I'm reading in Polish, there's lots of new words. So that's just how it is. Um, you know, we never really get done. We never complete learning a language. So I think we all just need to stop worrying so much, speak to them, and pass on this wonderful gift. Uh, the next one is the lack of resources. So this one, again, it could be tricky. Um, don't know what languages uh, you're speaking to your child, but some of them do not have a lot of resources. Um, you know, of course, if you have French or Spanish. There's lots of things in the U.S. for that. Um, Polish, not so much, but we can get things shipped over. It just costs um, a bit of money. Um, but maybe if your language is, you know, um, a dialect that's not always written in, you might have a bit more of a challenge with this. However, we do live in the age of the internet. Um, so I do encourage you, if you're not finding the books you want or the, the shows you want, to reach out, look at, look at things on the internet. You know, you can print off pages and make your own little books. You can really get creative. Um, if you're not finding the resources that you, you would like, of course, that also takes money. So if you are also lacking in that resource, it might be tricky. Um, it also does take some time. So it's not like you can just go and grab a book at any bookstore, or any library, you have to kind of do some searching. Um, which is a bit annoying. So I just want to name a couple of resources that uh, we use. We use daily. Um, we like to use with our kids. So books is huge. Um, again, we don't, we can't find any at the library per se, but um, we've bought some. We've had them shipped over. Um, sometimes in an in a store here that's um, for Polish people, you can find books. Our friends have given us some books, which is lovely. Um, sometimes we do a little swap with some friends. So just any resource that we can find. Um, we like to sit down and read with them, and they they love those books. Um, we also have Polish TV, 
Um, we don't really watch that as much with our kids, but sometimes they'll watch a cartoon or two. Um, so that's hugely motivating because my son um, doesn't get too much TV. So he's very excited when he does get a show. Um, so that's it's great to have that option. Um, and then as adults, we like to watch sometimes um, a show. So that's good for my learning as well. Um, songs on YouTube. We love to listen to music all the time, every day. Um, we play lots of songs, kids songs, and it's good because they'll suggest other ones. Um, and they just, you know, you hear them singing it as they're playing around the house. So that's that's been a great resource. Um, there's also radio stations and apps for radio. Um, I love listening to podcasts personally. Um, so I found a lot of great podcasts, not really yet from the age my kids are at, but I'm finding a lot of great podcasts in Polish and I know there's probably going to be more. Um, I also follow a bunch of Facebook groups and Instagram um, feeds that have Polish information on them. So for me personally, that's been wonderful. Um, we also have a, a Saturday Polish school um, just a few minutes away. So we're really lucky in that sense. Our son will start it next year when he's three. Um, so they have specific classes for kids by age. And then that's also where I'm now taking um, an advanced Polish class with a friend. And finally, the last uh, big resource that, that I use um, and that my kids are using is conversation. So we love to get together with our friends who speak Polish and their kids speak Polish. Um, obviously, going over to grandma and grandpa is a wonderful immersion. Uh, and just even conversations at home with me, with dad. Um, my two kids now are kind of starting to to chat with each other. Um, so that's just, it's just wonderful to see the conversation because that is what language is. Language is communication between two or more people. Um, so those are the biggest uh, resources that we use. So um, I guess the last one would be using native speakers. So my husband, his family, friends, things like that. So the number four problem, a lack of time, is something that I'm sure affects all of us, uh, at least in some capacity. In this uh, episode, I was thinking more specifically about parents who work full-time or part-time or those parents that have uh, children in school full-time or even ones in daycare or preschool full or part-time. Uh, so for those of you, you have a lot uh, fewer hours during the day than I do uh, as a stay-at-home parent. So even though that is exhausting to be with your children 24-7, um, it is great for target language. So for those parents, um, I want to suggest and challenge uh, you to think about how you use all the hours in your day. So you might feel like you're already using up all your time, um, that you really don't have any space to add anything else. But I want to question whether that's actually true or whether you could squeeze in maybe um, a conversation in the target language while you're driving home. Um, I've heard a lot of people say there's... Um, Driving is a good time to talk to your children about things because there's no face-to-face. -face, there's not the pressure. Um, so maybe that's something that could work well, especially for older middle school teenagers uh, that are kind of not wanting to tell their parents everything. Uh, maybe it's while you're cooking dinner. Uh, maybe it's while you're all eating dinner as a family. You decide you're going to speak the family language for dinner time. Uh, maybe it's going on a walk all together. Um, and try and make it a game or make it fun for them uh, so you can try and see how many objects you can you can see on your walk. Can you name different objects that all start with the same letter? Just some sort of game. Um, 
you know, how many things can you see that are green, whatever it is. Um, maybe it is the bedtime stories you decide to read that, okay, we're only going to read French books uh, before bed. Maybe it's a special show they get to watch in the target language. Um, but whatever it is, make sure that it's it's fun and it's something enjoyable for them and it doesn't feel like work. Um, and it also doesn't have to be something really long. It can be a short period of time uh, and then you can build up to, to longer and longer times um, depending on the level of your your children. But um, definitely to make it fun and to have it be a lot of human interaction. So just be a little bit, um, just want to be a little bit wary about just the screen, the, the shows, um, the students, students, children, all people, uh, we learn best through human interaction and uh, not just with a screen. Uh, so if you can, if they do watch a show, maybe talk to them about it afterward, ask them who their favorite character was, what the problem was, how they solved it. Um, just something talk to them about it in the target language, um, just to kind of make it more human interactive. Uh, and just to give you an example of, uh, something that deals with the lack of time in, from my personal life. So if you've listened to these episodes before, you know that we, um, live in the U S we speak Polish with our kids, uh, but my family is English speaking. So they get English from my family and the community. Um, and before I became a stay-at-home mom, I was a French and Spanish teacher in a high school. And I really, really want my uh, kids to know at least a little bit of French. Obviously, right now we're focusing on Polish and English as our two family languages. Um, we also don't have a French-speaking community here like we do with Polish. Um, so it just kind of fell by the wayside, unfortunately. And I was kind of regretting it when my son was uh, turning two about half a year ago. So I decided we should start listening to French songs. Um, my son really loves listening to music. He loves singing things. He learns um, really quickly uh, when he hears something. So I thought, okay, maybe if we listen to some songs, that'll help. And we don't do it every day. Um, we don't even do it very long. It may only last five or ten minutes because he's two and a half. His sister's one. They don't have a huge attention span. But we have been listening to... Um, a group of contines or little French um, nursery rhyme type songs. And as I said, not even every day. And recently I've uh, caught him while he's playing by himself or just overheard him singing these songs to himself. Uh, I think it's just so cute because he doesn't really know what he's singing. Um, sometimes I've given him the gist, like which animal we're singing about. Maybe it's an, an elephant or a, a wolf. So he kind of knows that, but he doesn't know what he's actually saying. Um, and of course, he's not really singing it correctly, but I hear him um, trying to sing the song. So it's it's really sweet. And I just wanted to give it as a quick example of something that really I have not put a lot of effort into. Um, it's nothing that we've done seriously, but it's just something that I've um, liked to put on some music and and sing with them and dance and make it fun. Um, it's also something I know that they enjoy. They love music. They love dancing. Um, so, you know, without them even probably noticing that it wasn't English or Polish, um, they've just started to sing these songs um, in French. And I've added a little bit of Spanish music as well. Um, and kids, I mean, I have young kids and they're just so receptive to that. They just pick it up right away. So if you still have young kids, um, just find whatever it is that excites them, that interests them, and and go for it. 
Um, I, I don't think you can really go wrong here. Whatever it is that you give them is going to be great. If it's short, it's awesome. It's all still good. Even if it's only two minutes a day, it's going to add up. So every day, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more. So for our last issue, a lack of motivation, I have a few suggestions. First is to know your why or your reason why you want your child or children to be bilingual or multilingual. Um, this is something you can continue to go back to as you're struggling, if you have a hard day, if you have a very clear reason why you're doing this, it will be easier to continue and to push forward when you're struggling. So I um, did record an episode all about this, my previous episode. Um, and so you can go back and listen to that. But um, just to give you some examples, um, our why is so that our children can speak to their grandparents and their family members uh, on the Polish side as well as the English side. Um, but we know that they will eventually speak very good English living in the U.S. Uh, we also um, personally just want them to be bilingual, to have that gift, to have that flexibility uh, with their brain and that ability to switch back and forth. Um, because we know that that will help them to learn languages later on. Uh, and then also to have the ability to travel, um, maybe study, go places, do things. You know, you don't really know what they're going to do with this language ability that you're giving them. Um, so that is our why. Um, everybody will have their own why and reason why they're doing this. Um, but make sure you hold on to that and stick to it. Um, another uh, thing that might help is just to um, remember that, that kids are very adaptable. And they can easily know that, okay, at school we speak English and at home we speak French. Um, or maybe that mom speaks Chinese and, and dad speaks German. And that's just the way it is. Um, and especially if you start them very, very young um, with that, then it'll be even less of a problem. But um, they're pretty adaptable. They're pretty accepting, um, probably more than we are as adults. Um, so just keep that in mind that you're not going to confuse them. Um, children all over the world learn to speak multiple languages every day. Uh, we live complex lives. We speak different languages during our day, and that's just it's just normal. Um, people speak different languages. It's not as difficult as people make it out to appear. Um, so don't be worried that you're going to harm them in some way or scar them in some way or ruin their vocabulary in the majority language, anything like that. Um, it's just it's just not true. They may appear to be behind um, because they have so many words in both languages. Maybe there's some overlap. Um, but in general, there's not going to be any harm done. If anything, it's going to help them more. They're going to be more aware of language, more aware of culture, more aware of differences, and hopefully more accepting of that when they see that they themselves have two or more identities. Um, so I would not worry about that. Um, another little tip for motivation is to let kids be the leader. Let them choose the activity, you know, keep it fun, as I said earlier, but really giving them the, the reins here, letting them take over and choose what they're going to do is going to help them be more motivated, which in turn will help you be more motivated. Um, if everybody's having fun, it's going to be a lot more enjoyable than if you feel like you're trying to teach a class or trying to just get information into their head. It shouldn't it shouldn't be that hard. It should really just be fun and natural, and it, you'll be amazed at how much they can pick up 
just by the repetitiveness of it. If you do it, you know, every day, every week, something like that, um, it doesn't have to be strenuous. Um, and then just remember that kids, they really, they need connection. So as I mentioned earlier, it's not about plopping them in front of a screen and, and hoping that they learn Japanese by watching a video for an hour a day. Um, if that were the case, a lot of us would be more bilingual <laughs> or speak more languages, but that's just, that's not how it works. You need to interact. They need to listen to actual people and then respond back to them. Um, so you are, you're a uh, child's best resource in that sense, that you are the one who can interact with them. You're the one who can make it fun and interesting and have that personal connection with them. So don't forget about that. Um, keep up your motivation, if only for your, chi- your child or children. Um, and then just to, um, to keep it, you know, keep it light and keep it fun. So I want to thank you very much. That's all I have for today. Thank you for listening all the way through. I hope you got something out of this episode, even if it's just one little thing. Um, if you did, please tell a friend, share it. I would be much appreciative as uh, this podcast is very new and we're just getting off the ground. So thank you so much for listening. I hope your language journey is going well. I hope it continues to go well, uh, to keep yourself motivated and having fun. Um, if um, if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, um, my name is The Future is Bilingual. No spaces or anything, just one long word. Um, and if you have any comments or suggestions, maybe there's a, an issue I overlooked or a solution you'd like to add, please um, add it to the comments um, to the, the post I will put when this, uh, this episode airs. And just thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, and I hope that uh, you'll tune in next time. Uh, take care. Bye-bye.